So I think uh, we've been pretty consistent over the course of our uh, history as a podcast with doing annual uh, airing of grievances, festivist type episode uh, around this time of year. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Steve. And this is a podcast for creatives. Two friends talking about the complex, messy, and beautiful experience that is being a creative. I think we missed it last year, but we're bringing it back. 2023 has not disappointed. There's no shortage of things that I feel like have irritated or aggravated us that uh, we are primed and ready to dive into and talk about today. So happy uh, Festivus and happy uh, Festivus. I'm so yeah. ready. I'm so, and and you yeah. know we got we got a little extra ammunition coming into this recording because last night we discovered that. Our recording setup and workflow that we've been using for six years has stopped working and we're, we're on a new platform. We don't like it. We're not happy. And I feel like it's just put us in the right state of mind for recording this. Incredible timing. It feels like this is like the, the way it always goes in, in life in general, like hours before we're about to hit record. But uh, we feel like we have a suitable uh, backup here and... Uh, Hopefully it uh, it doesn't fail us. So so if it comes out bad, we're gonna put it out there anyway. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, I feel like I look like uh, Harry from uh, Home Alone with this outfit on here, don't I? With the the hat and the. If you're listening to this, which is just not not great for saying I look like something without actually being able to see it, but yeah, I got the knit the ski cap on. That's like you know like just at the top of the head, almost like a headband type ski cap, a flannel. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Harry. Also use this as an opportunity to remind listeners that if you want to see what Steve is wearing, what he's referring to, you can always watch our video versions of this podcast for free on YouTube by clicking the link below. It's a suitable transition here um, because this actually tees up one of the items that are on my, my Festivus uh, airing of grievances list. And I, and I don't know, uh, full disclosure, I have not seen your list. I don't know what's on your list. You've been talking about your list since like September, yep. but I have not seen what's on your list. So it's possible that what I'm about to say is on your list. This is actually the one thing that I wrote down that I felt like there could be an appearance on your list too. So you've noticed probably over the course of the last like two years, it feels like certainly within the last year podcasts have really skewed the last couple of years to certainly an audio medium but they've also uh like we have been doing for quite some time now have also sort of skewed towards a video platform as well that you can stream on youtube which is awesome brings you to a whole new audience love it but there's one thing that's fairly consistent with pretty much every podcast that also uh streams video uh of of the recording on youtube and that is the thumbnail and the thumbnail is not usually like a title card with the episode and the logo and the, and the title of the episode. It's usually the host or the hosts in some over-the-top, exaggerated facial expression kind of way where they're like shocked or surprised or confused or thinking about something. But the facial expression matches whatever the intent of the episode is. And it's this exaggerated stretched out over the top reaction designed to get you to i assume click on it but all it does for me is uh stir up these feelings of uh rage and frustration because now that like everyone is doing it it feels like my entire like youtube feed is just these people with these like like faces that are like right like and it, it's so annoying like 
it just is like the thing that is ruining podcast streaming on on YouTube for me. I can't I can't bring myself to click on a video of somebody who looks like they just like fake saw a mouse like scurry across the floor and somebody happened to catch them in that exact moment and take their picture. I feel like you're being generous by saying they saw a mouse. It's more like <laughs> their next door neighbor's house just blew up is more of the expression. Yeah. yeah. We, we kind of took like a, I wouldn't even say it's a half step. We kind of took like a quarter step towards that with our last episode because we talked about the death of coffee after dinner as a staple as something that was always a, a, a part of that environment. And I think the art for hours that, that we captured was uh, us just kind of holding a coffee mug, which didn't seem like it was over the top. You know, certainly your, your facial expression was very chill and, you know me, I don't get excited about anything. So it was, you know, fairly common. But I think that's the thing that I would like sink my heels into the ground on that we will never do for this podcast. We have to, we got to hold, we got to hold tight on that. And I, I really encourage if anybody's watching this and we're talking about like YouTube cover art and things like that for your episodes, please stop with the goofy faces. Let your content stand on its own. If it's good enough and people are listening to it, they will pay attention. Your dumb facial expressions, being excited or scared or confused or whatever it is that's way over the top is not going to pull anybody else in more. If anything else, it will annoy them more. Stick to your content. Let your content carry you out. I wish I had thought of this because I feel like you you're pretty like a pretty stubborn person and i don't feel like i am but this is a hill i will die on with you i refuse to bend to this cheesy clickbait compromising who we are like you said like you're never gonna look like overly excited and i've never made any of those faces of the youtube thumbnails make so why would we act like that and then have someone click on our video and be like these these people are like very, <laughs> yeah, very you know chill and, and not normal like that looking. at all. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it would be false, false, false advertising. Yeah, and I think you know we get mad when we kind of have a get pulled into a clickbait situation. So we don't want to do that to our viewers. We would rather have no one watch it than people come watch it under false pretenses yes i could not agree more it's like it's like buying something at the supermarket where it's like now nah, 50 percent more whatever it is and you're like it's definitely not 50 yeah. percent more in there you're just looking for a reason to upcharge me like <laughs> like i know this isn't going to make it any better just because so like it's the same thing don't click on those things take a stand if you're producing this stuff believe in your content that it's strong enough and 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 let that be the driving force behind your success all right i have some internet based complaints from this year, but I'm going to start with something different. I'm going to take a turn. I'm going to come at swinging with what I think will make the most amount of people possibly angry, Taylor and Travis. Okay. Let's get into this. Not, yep. not into any of it. I think it's stupid that they're dating. I hate Travis. I hate his brother. I hate their podcast, which recently came on my radar, and I hate everyone's fascination with their dating situation. I keep trying to like ask myself, what is my problem with it? Because I feel like I typically like I like celebrity stuff, and I, I feel like I know a lot of things about celebrities that are irrelevant and that I shouldn't care about, but there's something about 
the way that it all unfolded with when they first got together that I never quite trusted it to begin with. I've been suspicious. It does seem like they have forged some kind of connection that feels genuine. But I think the thing I have the biggest problem with is knowing some of the other people that Taylor Swift has have dated in her romantic history, people who are a little bit more to my liking, like to my personal taste, you know, like artists and like sensitive people, smart people. And in my mind, Travis is, I know I'm being stereotypical here, but like a meathead, a, a football player. I, I have listened to some of him and his brother's podcast and the episode that I listened to at the beginning of it, they were talking about how they're in like the top 10 podcasts, which that set me off. Like just that alone set me off. Yeah. But then it was like, they're talking about some of the other shows and they're like, oh, I don't even like know who this person is. And like, they referred to one person as a male who is really a female. And it just, it makes me angry that any celeb could just come out with a podcast and all of a sudden they they rise yeah, to the you top. You and I would be on the top 10 of podcasts too if we were on national TV a couple of times a month, you know, during prime time hours. So yeah, it's, uh, and, and, and also dating worldwide phenomenon. Player. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> here's, here's my, 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 my take on this, a problem. This is going to get really, <laughs> I don't have a problem with the relationship between the two of them. I have a problem with the NFL capitalizing on the relationship with the two of them, which does make me skeptical about the relationship. It does tend to drive up viewership of certain national games and window you know certain times of the day on Sunday where maybe the matchup wouldn't necessarily be you know for instance I can remember a game where they were playing the Jets and this was uh, after the Jets lost their starting quarterback on like the second play of the season and should have been a blowout should have you know they, they should have absolutely dominated that game I do believe the Jets actually won the game for what it's worth but Taylor was going to the game big reason for people to tune in to watch to see if they're going to show her on TV and so I was skeptical at first about the the NFL's involvement with with that that being said I don't it's it's nothing you know I I think Taylor Swift is wonderful I mean not not certainly not a music that I listen to a lot but I think it's great that people identify and 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 you know that that they have her in her life the other part of this that I'm going to say that gets a little uncomfortable, and I'm going to tell you if you don't like conspiracy theories or if you don't like uh, political things, maybe jump forward at the 30-second uh, clip mark here. Um, but So there's a lawsuit currently pending against the NFL uh, filed by a reporter that used to work for the NFL Network claiming that um, the NFL has hiring practices that are um, racial, that it, it, it works against African Americans. And... Um, there's a belief that this this lawsuit has some merit to it if you if you read up on it and there was a uh, article uh, a big thing that came out right around week 2 week 3 of the NFL season right as it was leading into that period where it had hit the press and you know the belief was there might be you know the NFL might be a little bit weary of wary of this and and concerned about what it what it could do based on what this gentleman has against this reporter has against the NFL and then about a week later, the relationship between Travis and Taylor kind of became a thing. And then the NFL jumped on it and everybody. And I remember sending out a tweet about like, 
It's interesting how we all stopped talking about Jim Trotter's lawsuit, or I should say when we stopped talking about Jim Trotter's lawsuit against the NFL. That's all. It has nothing to do with the relationship. I just think it's interesting that, that the NFL is a little opportunistic when it when it came around and how it sort of decided to go all in on Travis and Taylor. So all the best to Travis and Taylor. I'm skeptical of some of the NFL's reasonings for being involved with it. That's just me. But yeah, I can also see your point, though, clearly that it just becomes, uh, you know, with the Kelsey brothers and, and the exposure and all that stuff, how it does become a little over the top after a while. I didn't know about that lawsuit at all. Never heard a thing about it, but I love a good conspiracy theory. And that's just I my think, take. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. it's not like it's a common thing. I don't <laughs> yeah. think anyone's talking about this lawsuit. And I just found that the timing of it was was interesting. But I like how your the thing that annoys you about it is very much in line with the stupid YouTube thumbnails. It's it's really the same concept. People are tuning in for the wrong reasons. They're tuning in for the spectacle of it instead of tuning in to watch, you know, like to watch a football game. I've been guilty of that. Like the first time that Taylor was at like whatever that first game was, I was like, oh, I'm like, what is this about? But then I was like mad at myself for, I'm like, you know, I never cared about these games aside from this. Yeah, like I'm played. not going to let, yeah, I got exactly. I got and that's played. It. And I think, yeah. And I think, I, I think millions of other people did too. And that's, and then you could draw your own conclusion, right? I mean, it's pretty much what happens with any kind of national or, or pop you know culture phenomenon is, is that you get pulled into it and then you make your determination am I in or does it annoy me either way you're in you're you're invested in some in some form or fashion one last reason that all of this is is getting under my skin is you know I get people can change and people can evolve and if they want to start liking something else that's fine that's up to the person but Taylor has one of her earliest songs she has a line about you know, kind of comparing herself to a, a different type of girl and saying like, she's cheer captain and I'm on the bleachers and like the, the kinds of things that she's wearing. And I feel like she's become the girl that she was like hate singing about in yeah. a way. And it makes me feel like she's lost herself, which is a weird thing to say because I respect her so much and I love her music. And I feel like she's such a great role model for women. So I feel like her dating Travis is like, is not in alignment in my mind with like any of those other really positive things about her. Yeah. Can't she grow, Michelle? Is she allowed to grow? That's growing in the wrong direction though. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. It feels like you have to have an opinion on this Travis and Taylor relationship, whether you're like all on board with it or you can't stand it or whatever it is, but you don't hear a lot of people like being just completely like fine with whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Whatever. Like, you know, and I think like, that coupled with this rise of a word that has kind of entered our, our lexicon over the over the last year, at least that I felt like I've heard it a lot more, which is the word mid. If you're not familiar with it, you, know, you definitely hear it a lot, uh, uh, see it a lot on social. And, and mid basically means it's it's kind of exactly what it sounds like. It's like, eh, it's fine. It's, you know, it's okay. It's it's fine. But I feel like we're, we use it now to describe things that are like, the opposite of good if it's not good it's mid i don't feel like that's the net that like the intent of of the word and i also feel like coupled with that we've also gotten away from being fine with anything because we live in a world of like 
you got to have a strong reaction about it one way or the other. Either you love it or you hate it. It's it's good or it's bad. It's it's the perfect thing or it's miserable. Like we have gotten away from fine. And I feel like if we're going to bring a word in to our world like mid like clearly this has come from from somewhere and I'm always interested in how words kind of like you know what was the word of the year? Riz. Riz, right? Which is short for charisma, which okay, we're not going to talk about that unless that's on your list today. Oh. Uh, Oh, God. But, like, if we're going to bring a word into it, which I'm all for, like, I love the idea of, like, inventing new things if it fits. But then, like, let's be true to it, which is, like, if it really means, like, eh, it's fine, then, like, we got to be okay with being fine with things. And clearly our society is not okay with being fine with things. We're either all in or all out. So, like, it kind of contradicts itself. If we're going to use it, let's stick to the original meaning of the word and really get behind being fine or content with things in life. I really like you being an advocate of this word, which is, I, I I didn't know this term mid, but I'm sure now I'm going to hear it everywhere now that you've brought it up. Um, but, oh, that is so annoying. So yeah. people are, are, are using it. In, it's the new literally. Yeah, it's mid. It's mid. And it's like, OK, but like if you re- if you like it feels like it's like but we live in a world of good and bad. And I don't feel like people are saying. When they use it, it's not describing things that are just kind of middle of the road. It's describing things that are not good, which means it's it's, it's not, not good, mid. which means it's bad. Which like yeah. you have to give something its credit and say like, yeah, well, it's good here and it's got a couple of things here. I didn't really like this. It's kind of middle of the road. It's mid. Like, then you got to mean it. And I don't feel like the words rise to the level of importance that it has earned, I guess, for the lack of a better term, meets how we look at anything in our society today. We always have to have a, a hot take, a stance, a feeling, and that's just the opposite of using the word mid. So if we're going to use it, that means we all got to be fine with giving things its prop and being like, yeah, it's fine. I don't really care. Just like Taylor and Travis, if you don't really care and it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's, it's okay. It's mid. It's mid. Okay. Well, I have a few more terms that are not mid in my mind. We already brought up Riz, which was not on my list, but once you started talking about it, I was like, oh, like I, I don't like that term either. The words on my list, these are kind of like other internet slang that you may or may not have heard of. The first is the word, I don't even know if I'm, how to say this properly, or if you just say it normally. It's small, but spelled S-M-O-L. Have you seen this? No. It, it means essentially, from what I've gathered, like, you know, small, but like really like cute, like you might use it to describe like a, you know, like a kitten or like. So tiny, we don't use tiny, we use small, but S-M-O-L. S-M-O-L. Listeners can correct me if I'm uh, misunderstanding its meaning, but it annoys me. Another one that's used a lot is B-B, like B-E-E-B-E-E which I think is like baby, but just saying it yeah. differently. Yeah. Don't like that either. <laughs> and then the term that a lot of influencers use, dupe, D-U-P-E, which is a, a real word to, to dupe someone, but in their, the way that they're using it is to showcase products that are like other products, but cost less money. Mm. And I think just all of those words I don't like them because they sound weird to my ear. They make me uncomfortable. Yeah. It's funny. You had, you had 
going back to SMOL and talking about it to describe something smaller than small. It reminds me, it, like, I, the first thought I have was like, I wonder if people, when they first heard the word teeny, felt the same way because they're just like, tiny exists already. Like, tiny is small. So why are we creating another word that basically means the same thing? Like, I wonder if there was this generation years and years and years and years ago that felt the exact same way that you do. I like to imagine us recording a version of this, like, you know, in whatever year Teeny came out and like hating on it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> With our tinny voices that are, that are, that are uh, you know, on our uh, radio broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. And our mid-Atlantic accents. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Death of the mid-Atlantic accent. There's another internet uh, related thing that. I, I was definitely interested in all in on when it first became a thing at the beginning of the year. And as the year has gone on, it's one of those things that uh, has lingered where most of the public has definitely like turned away from it or stopped doing this. Uh, but there's still a few hardy uh, souls that are partaking in it. Uh, and that is... <laughs> <laughs> you had a spit take there, didn't you? And that is uh, people who still play the game, the, the game Wordle. Um, <laughs> it really, it, it, like, we stopped this, like, in March. Uh, it, like, it, you know, like, I was all for it. I was excited about it. I even liked the spinoff games that was, like, you know, song lyrics and things like that. And there's, I, I still, like, get into social, whether it's Twitter, the few times that I still log into Facebook, and you're still met with those, like, green boxes and the X's and the yellow and the yellow boxes, and there's no context to the damn post. It's just, you know, it's just <laughs> share it on social, and there's the, you know, somebody's lame attempt at trying to get it. I'm now, because I'm so against this, I'm actively rooting for people to go as long as they can without getting it right. Like, I used to get really excited when somebody would get it on, like, the second try or magically guess it on the first try you'd be like oh wow that's awesome i wonder how hard it's going to be for me to figure this out today and now when i see somebody go like five attempts before they actually crack the code i'm like good i'm glad you had to sweat a little bit for it serves you right for still playing this in december remember back in the day where like animal farm where like that was oh, like yeah, the big yeah. thing on social media and then like two years after everybody stopped playing animal farm there were still people who were like posting their whatever their scores i don't even know if it scores to to, to facebook on animal farm it feels like that's where Wordle is sort of going, and it's 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 annoying. It was early 2023. It's okay to get off the wagon. It's okay to stop. Wait for the next train. There's always another train coming with another trend that you're going to jump on. Let's put Wordle to bed for 2023. Wow. I had not even thought about Wordle in like six months. Sorry to people who do this, but like a lack of self-awareness, yeah. like it, like no one else is posting about this anymore. Yeah. Like it's, it's one thing to maybe be still sharing it like within like a private, like, you know, your text chat or whatever, but what was the platform that posted it the most? Was it Twitter? Twitter has it. Facebook still has it, but there's never really any context. It's just, no, no, it's, it's just, just the green, the green blocks and the yellow blocks and the red, whatever it is like. That's the part that I almost find most, like, it's not, no, I would say the part I find most annoying is people still playing it. But the second part is just the way it actually is, like, still talked about. Like, it's almost like you're whispering it out there. Like, if you really mean it, like, you know, thump your chest and be proud of your efforts. But that hasn't changed either. Well, it's almost like, do they expect people to stop their feed and, like, examine 
your sequence and think about you playing the game and your success like no no everyone is it's like your eyes glaze over and you're scrolling right on by yeah. so it just it feels like a waste of everyone's time if you're liking these posts of friends of yours you're part of the problem too yes stop enabling your friends yes i i have to tell you that i guess we've never had a conversation about this before but I never got into Wordle and it was like one of the things that kind of um, made me realize like how much I hate being wrong about things. <laughs> I mean, it, it was, it was, or I shouldn't say that I should, I should phrase it as so petrified of making a mistake because in order to participate in Wordle, you have to make a mistake. You have to like go out and like mm. experiment to get the game going. And I couldn't get past that first step of like just guessing letters without having any way of like making an intelligent decision, mm -hmm. like to just do it blindly. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I never, I never really got into the wordle thing, but did, you know, in, in family chats, there was a lot of that sharing, but I did get into connections, which was kind of a, like a summer game have kind yeah. of fallen off of that. But I got into, I think it's yeah. musically, musically. It had something, I forget what it was, but it had something to do with, with uh, song titles or song lyrics or something like that. I got into that for a while. But but I never saw you post about it, so no, it's all good. No, no, kept it yeah. to myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah I appreciate right. that. Yeah. Thank you for well, not sharing it. it's just for me. Yeah. I think yeah. that's it. It's just for you. Nobody needs to know that you know how to yeah. guess words. Yeah. It's not Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's, I feel like, um, I've been, Steve knows this, but I've been watching a lot of Jeopardy lately, and <laughs> you've officially it, entered senior citizen and age yes, range. Yes, yes. yep. It, it was it was it was bound to happen, and um, one of the things that's interesting is to kind of see which way the contestants go. In like, do they stay in the same category? Do they always start with like the same number amount? And like, Jimmy gets really mad when when people are like picking like haphazardly, like jumping around, he's like, no, finish the category, finish the category. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to close out my, uh, internet category here. Um, I have two nice. more. I like, oh, that's, that's good. That's good. Close okay. out the category for, yeah. for a thousand, please. I saw yes. that. That's nice. <laughs> the in quotations or bold or italic digitized social media voice. Do you know what this yes, is? Like yes. you, you a lot know of the TikTok I'm... platform and a lot of yep, yep, yep. That that woman's voice that's describing what's happening yep. gives me like the heebie jeebies. I don't know why so many people continue to use it, especially with the rise of AI and like all these different tools and options available to us. Like you can pick so many other ways, like my sister-in-law creates these videos of her dogs and like she records the audio, but then it like, it becomes this other voice and it's hysterical. It, it like the, you know, like in my mind now, that's like how I hear her dogs communicate. <laughs> but like, why is, why is everyone keep going to this? Like that woman's voice that I don't feel like from a design or like content perspective does not match what's happening in the video yeah at all it does it you're right it, it almost gets it started out on an artificial basis for something that's meant to connect with people it also reminds me of like the early adoption gps voices and um you know like the the woman who had like a quasi-british accent but it wasn't really quite british 
and then like they like adopted other other you know uh, they had a male voice they had other female voices different accents things like that like i wonder if if some of the adaptations to these social channels are going to allow you to pick the kind of like accent or or you know gender or whatever of uh, the voice that you get to use for that i wonder if there'll be a little bit more customization feels like it would be something that you could easily just record yourself but um yeah i think it's already out. happening just people aren't utilizing yeah. it yeah be yeah. more creative people that's yeah. what i'm getting at yeah, yeah. all right and in, in sticking with the uh, digital kind of theme for this this list of grievances here one of the ones that aggravates me is um when i'm looking for something to to watch something to stream on netflix or hulu or whatever and i don't have anything in mind i'm just kind of looking for something and you come across the sequel to a movie on the streaming platform and you're like oh right i've been meaning to get into that and watch it so you start to look for the original and they don't carry the original they just have the sequel which blows my mind because it's like I'm going to spend more time on your platform. I'm going to probably spend more time watching ads on your platform if you happen to have the first one. So why don't you have the first version of the movie series and not and, and just the second one? Annoys me. I think it should be a universal rule that if you're going to have sequels or series or whatever it is, you have the entire thing. They don't do this with TV shows. They don't just have seasons four through eight, but not one through three. So how can you get away with doing this to movies where you don't have the originals? This is, I just encountered this because Jimmy and I watched Die Hard and then we were like, oh, let's watch some of the other Die Hards. We had to go to like five. So there were like five movies in the franchise. They were all on different networks. Why do they not all live in one place? Yeah. Makes no sense. Yeah. No sense. And like licensing, I get if it's like, you know, different actors have different agreements or whatever the deal is like with the studios. But like most studios, like the Harry Potters, Warner Brothers Studios, they make all of the movies. All of those movies should be in one location. Yeah. It is the biggest frustration for, for, for me when you're trying to find something and you come across ted 2 or whatever it is and you're just like yeah. oh right i should probably watch ted 1 first and it's not there like come on like you gotta have the whole thing or worse if it's not available it it, it blows my mind that in 2023 i'm like how are things not available yeah, yeah. How, how does nobody have this yeah. like what what secret vault or like well contract was signed yeah, and that's the thing about like Netflix, for instance, because when you could use when you used to be able to order the DVDs back when they used to mail them out, you had access to the entire library of whatever they had. And then I always thought the appeal of switching to streaming was to cut down on the mail cost and all that other stuff. But then they were like, okay, yeah, but we'll do that, but you're not going to get access to like half of the stuff that we have. You can only get what you can get on streaming, which is really annoying because like that's kind of a bait and switch. Plus you up me about $4 for, for, for costs. So like I got a big problem with the way streaming things are handled. It seems like it's just, we're, we're, we're kind of entering into this, like the original problem that people were having with cable bundles, get the original versions of the movies up there. People, please. I feel like there's no elegant transition for this one. <laughs> we've used up all of, we've used up all of our transitions, all of our segues. 
So I'm just going to come out and say it. I have been saving these uh, in my Instagram saved like bookmarks folder in just in ammunition of how many times I've seen this. And maybe you can help explain this to me. But what is the deal with the tiny mics? Oh, that's a good one. That is a very good one. Yes, I, I'm jealous. I wish I had that on my list. Like, we have normal size microphones. We're using them to record this. And then for many years, we've had lapel mics, which are tiny microphones that attach to your lapel, lapel. or your, or your, you know, somewhere on yourself. But now, everywhere across the internet, people have versions of some look like lapel mics, but they're not on a lapel. People are holding them in there. If their fingers are small enough, they're pinching them, the tiny mics between, you know, maybe their thumb and their pointer. Yep. But I've also seen versions that like don't look like lapel mics that look like really teeny, small, miniature, like like a little silver microphone, but it's like this big. And I'm like, yep. why why is this why is uh Jenna Bush Hager using this? Yeah. When she has access to like an entire studio. We have we have absolutely reached peak tiny mic content, it feels like. It is it is everywhere. It oversaturates the market and it doesn't to me do anything to pull me in to watch something even more. It's like it's going it's it's exactly like those YouTube cover arts. It does nothing to enhance the product. Why like what what is the reasoning behind it? Is it is it is it making the sound better? Are they doing it to be it doesn't seem like they're doing it to be funny. It's not part of like a comedy skit. No, they're talking into the <laughs> mic as if they were using a regular mic. Yeah, like no one's acknowledging that it's ridiculously tiny. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't get it whatsoever. It doesn't do anything to make the product better. It's almost like it's a joke. Like it's just like it's there but nobody's nobody's talking about it. It's like the elephant no. in the room. So yeah, I, I think we have oversaturated the market on tiny mic content. And Steve, I'm gonna send you the because I now have this entire saved folder of like different variations <laughs> of the tiny mics. The one that like I was like, no, this is like this is going too far. Someone had a tiny mic attached to a like a stick, like an actual stick that you would find in your yard. <laughs> and they're having this like serious interview conversation while holding this little, you know, wooden twig with a tiny mic attached to the top of it. I'm like, why is no one? And I went in the comments I'm like, why is no one commenting on this? Maybe this is how boom mics became kind of a thing. Maybe they maybe they weren't like in existence for the longest time, and then all of a sudden, like Walter Cronkite did an interview on the night on the nightly news with a giant like boom mic, and everyone was just like, "We all need boom mics now," and that's how they became a thing. Maybe this is the start of something. Maybe we're just missing the boat on it. So when we come back in January, m maybe or maybe not using this new recording system, yeah. we may each have a tiny mic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll still sound tinny. <laughs> Maybe that would help our audio quality. Yeah. We'll look into it. All right. The last one that I have on my list is really more of a question that I feel like I hear a lot of people say. And I always take it as more of an insult. Uh, an insult. I said that with an, with an accent. I always take it as more of an insult. It's like when somebody says, 
that's actually a really good idea. And you're just like, actually, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> like, it seems like it's a backhanded compliment. But uh, the one that, that it's in question for me is when somebody explains something and then ends it with, does that make sense? And it's something that I always feel like you feel like you're above me in the way that you're explaining something and you're talking down to me and it's up to me to try to decipher what you're saying and then you're asking me does that make sense no it doesn't do a better job of explaining yourself so you don't have to ask that question at the end <laughs> we communicate regularly we talk back and forth regularly why are you asking me if something that you just said in a language that we both speak makes sense choose your words better make more sense. I love that that's how you interpret it because I interpret someone doing that in a completely different way, which is having nothing to do with you and everything to do with their insecurities of feeling like they're not understood. Or I love where you took it in, in the like, how dare you insult my intelligence? But I get that. I get that. I mean, there, there are so many. It's absolutely a power play. It's, it's an absolute power play. There are better ways I've, to I've say been... you could, you could very easily put yourself at the other <clears throat> end of that and just say like, I don't think I'm making any sense. Let me try again. If you okay, don't feel it, like, yeah, if yeah, you don't yeah. feel like what you're saying is making sense, then that's on you. It's not on the other person. So don't put it on me to try to decipher what you're saying. Do, do a better job of saying it. Yeah. Not like, do I need to explain this to you again or like in a different way? Yeah. 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 All right. This is probably would have gone better with the, with the mic conversation, but if you can bring yourself back to sitting on an airplane, not yeah. trying to stress you out. Ooh, nope. Got um, the sweats already. <laughs> I believe that everyone who is a flight attendant should have to go to some sort of either theater or voice acting training because either that or they need to update the microphone what what, what do you call the little thing that they speak into walkie talkie <laughs> whatever it is is just like <laughs> oh yeah like 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 it's like the first time they've ever picked it up not only is the sound really muffled. Can you do that again? Do that again? <laughs> no, no, it's painful. I don't want to do that again. Um, everyone probably like tuned out after that. Not only is it painful to listen to the like kind of like staticky nature of the actual thing that they're speaking into, but they have like zero diction. Okay. Is that? Yeah. Or, yeah. or, yeah. Like, I get it that they're, you know, they're there to keep us safe in the skies, but part of that is communicating the information that we as passengers need to know. And when they're reading things, it's like, it's so uncomfortable that there's like, there's no rhythm to their, to their speech. They're always like tripping over words. There are like these big, sometimes there are these giant awkward pauses where like you think they stop like mid-sentence and then, and then I get you know, I'm not as much of a nervous flyer as you are, but then I get nervous. I'm like, why did they stop talking? Like, where did they go? What happens? Is there like, is there an emergency? But then no, like two minutes later, they like inexplicably like come back and pick up where they left off. It really gets, really gets under my skin, really gets under it. 
I can I can see that, and especially for someone who travels as much as you do, I could see that. Like you know, there's probably grades of like this was an enjoyable one, this one was not so good. But when you have more of those after a while, it probably ruins part of that experience. I get that. They're mostly terrible. I mean, it, I I often want to like raise my hand and be like, if you hand me your speech, I'm. Mean, it's not like you know, I'm, I don't have acting training or whatever, but like I could read this clearly so that all the passengers can hear me and I'm not going to like stop and pause and, and leave and come back in the middle of the instructions. Yeah. Can I shoehorn one, one, Please. Uh, flight yeah, one yeah. into this though? Yeah. I always like when they're going over the, you know, in case of an emergency, you know, the directions of, of, you know, what, what to expect and whatnot. And then like at the end, they turn to the people who happen to be sitting in that unfortunate like emergency exit row where they're just like, if all hell's breaking loose, would you mind helping us in the process and not freaking out like everyone else is doing? And they're all just like, yeah, sure, whatever you need. And I'm just like, what are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> But yet I have to get up out of my seat then if I say no and someone else who's more brave clearly has to just go in to replace me. Like, And then there's the judgment that's going to come off of that and the scorn that you're going to get from people. Like, I don't get that part of it at all. Like, There's no other, other situation where like an innocent bystander who just happens to be chilling in the wrong seat gets thrown into the emergency at the, like when things are going down. Like, It just feels like that is a part of flying that should not be on somebody's mind when stuff is happening that's not that's not good but it's also that the people who are sitting in the emergency exit row they get to kind of like consent to the situation but like we as the rest of the passengers are kind of like putting our faith in them but we don't get a vote like have you ever like walked by that row and you're like that this is going to be the person that's like going to assist me to These get on the people, slide. My life's hand and yeah. my life depends on this person's ability to like do their job that they have clearly not been trained for. They were like forced to say yes before like we can't take off unless you say yes. Another thing, do better. Find find more people. Like, you know, when they got the marshals up there every flight I don't believe that either by the way, but they got a marshal on every plane. Put some people in those rows that are trained to do those things. Don't make me have to feel like I have to all of a sudden become MacGyver and when, when, when things are going wrong on the plane. Also, if there are really marshals on every plane, shouldn't they automatically be the ones sitting in those seats? Yes. 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 That is an excellent point. That was very George Costanza-like. That is an excellent point. <laughs> There's six people in that row, right? Three yeah. on one side and three yeah, on the other. Yeah. It's still a mystery as to which one yeah, of the six yeah. is the marshal, right? <laughs> so you know what? That's a great point. We don't want to identify the marshal. I understand that. But at the very least, they sit in a row and you have a one in six chance of getting it right. I think we've just solved aviation's problems in, <laughs> in six minutes. My last big grievance, I have one mini one to share at the end, but is also travel related. I spent a lot of my 2023 traveling and staying in hotels, staying in all different kinds of hotels. And Steve, you know how much I love interior design. I'm, I'm a big appreciator in a, in a beautifully designed space. And I've gone over this in my head so many times and I'm trying so hard to understand where these interior designers are coming from. But even for someone like me who travels a lot and I'm like, I'm pretty used to it. When you're out of your home, you are uncomfortable somewhat and i cannot for the life of me understand why there is this seemingly like newer trend where they are removing the privacy from 
bathrooms inside your hotel room. So the more of the lesser offender in this is the sliding barn door, which somewhat is a design aesthetic, but also I think is trying to be like a space saver. But I've been in so many hotels that use the slider and they're like, there's a lot of space. There's a lot of like, you can kind of almost like see into it. Mm-hmm. And I like, I don't care if I'm just with Jimmy or I'm, I'm with a group of people. Like when I'm in the bathroom, I want privacy. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't want to be stressing out that someone might just like walk, walk by, by right. and there'd be like a little I space. Yeah. But the, I, I've, I've also been in other hotels that seem to almost like flaunt the bathroom where there will be, they'll have like a, like a hot tub and then above it more of like a shutter door window Okay. so yeah. that you could conceivably sit in the bathtub and watch TV across the room. But I'm always like, are people actually, first of all, get clean. I mean, I don't like... think a lot of people are using the tubs, <laughs> yeah, but like, right. even if you do, and you can open up the shutters that are above it. You have to be pretty tall to like, I, I know for me, like if I was in there, I would not be able to see the TV, even if it was pretty close. Yeah. So it just seems like another like unnecessary opening to, to the bathroom, to the greater bathroom. But the worst of these that I experienced over the summer, we stayed in New York City for a night for my sister Laura's uh, bridal shower bachelorette party and we had about you know six of us staying in two different rooms that were attached i was sharing a room with my sister so these are you know of the people in my life who i'm comfortable with they're at the top of the list sure but still the bathroom they had the the two beds and then a very flimsy curtain and then beyond that there was a bathroom with a door on it, but the entire thing was glass. It the was door. just the glass door to the bathroom where the this isn't just like the shower, like the toilet is behind glass. Mm, that's glass. Weird. So like if someone were to walk into the front of the room, they could see straight up. You've you've got this great view right into the bathroom, which I'm sorry, I think the bathroom should be private places. Yeah, I think as far as hotel views room views go. Bathrooms are probably pretty far down the list outside of like city skyscrapers and things like that that yeah, you typically, yeah. you know, looking for in a hotel. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. So I, I, I don't know now, who's making these decisions, but as it pertains, I, don't, I don't get it. As it pertains to hotel bathrooms, one of the trends that I've noticed probably over the last couple of years is like the shower half door. So it's like it doesn't completely close. Like it's like half a wall and then... I, I, I equate it to like a child's bed where you like have like half of a barrier at the front end so the kid doesn't roll out the bed, but the back end wide open so he can just or she can just swing their legs out and get up. It's kind of like that where you have like half of a shower door or wall and then complete openness. So like the water just sort of like 
is all over the place at that point in time. Like, it's not even, like, protected. The rest of the bathroom is not even protected from any shower water. It just finds a way out. Like, what is that? Like, it couldn't, like, it was that cost prohibitive to put, like, the other part of the door or a couple of hinges? Like, is it worth having wet floors and tiles all the time? No, I've seen this in so many places. And I almost, like, when we were building our house, I remember our, like, because this isn't just in hotels. This is happening in in houses too but like the thing that i don't get is that i don't think it's like a cost saving thing i think the people are doing it on purpose but it's almost like it's being sold as you don't need it like this is kind of like a new look for a shower to like not not need a full door you just need like a little (laughs) yeah and i've never in every i don't obviously like when my art builder was like suggesting it was like no, give us a regular closed-in shower door, yeah. please. A full one from the floor to the ceiling. But I have been in so many hotels that have these, like, there's no shower curtain, there's no door. It's like half of a wall, a quarter of the coverage that it should be. Yeah. And you're right. It just, it, it floods the bathroom. So silly. It's, it's not, it does not, whoever is selling this as something that works, they're wrong. They're, pull, they're getting one over on you. Yeah. Yep. If you're running these hotels or you're you're in the home with a with a door like this, sorry to tell you, you got you got played. Yes. You got duped. <laughs> that was the right usage of duped, by Thank the way. You. I'm okay right. with that one. Right. It wasn't a mid use of dupe. It was it yes. was a good use of dupe. <laughs> all right, last one. Let's let's end on a seasonal note. I'm all for decorations. I'm all for spreading cheer. But really not a fan of car Christmas decorations, namely uh, one I saw earlier this week where there are elves or Santa's legs hanging out of the trunk. Oh, that's uncomfortable. Kind of like the Wicked Witch of the, what was it? The the East? Is it the North or whatever one where they have under the legs, under the house? Yep, yep, (laughs) yep. Exactly that style. It's uncomfortable. Not a fan. Some people have wreaths. Some people have... You know, the little Rudolph noses. I got a problem I with that. It I, feels I'm, like something that peaked in like 1998. And here we are 20-something years later, and we're still putting antlers and red noses on cars. Come up with something better, and it ain't the legs. It ain't the legs at the car. You know it's what? Not not, not the, the something better is nothing, in my opinion. Like, yes. I'm more concerned for safety. I feel like all of these things have the potential to fly off, get stuck in something, and like, cause harm to someone so that's my that's my bigger problem with it not so much that like it's offensive to look at it's more of a like this is going to cause an accident yes in the name of cheer yeah (laughs) solid list of grievances do you feel lighter and ready to go into the new year leaving these grievances behind i feel like we're knowing us we're gonna like continue to carry them and complain about them at least at least through the holidays when we're with our family and friends Yes, I feel it's I feel lighter, but I know there's there's another year coming and there'll be more. So do you ever really fully feel like degrieved after one of these things? Because, you know, there's you know, there's more coming. No, so many of the things on our list are are just like stupidity and it's it's going to continue to thrive. But it's good. It is cathartic to get these things out there. So if you are listening 
uh, and you've made it this far on YouTube, throw your grievances in the comments. We'd love to see Please. it. Please. Um, we'd love to share some of them, too, on our socials. So uh, wherever you're uh, you're listening to this, uh, hit us up with your grievances of 2023, and um, we'll definitely share those out. If you've enjoyed this episode, help us spread the word on social media. Tag us at Pod4Creatives and let us know what stood out to you. Should we give some kind of holiday wish or we just want to like, no, that's not, that's not what we're here to do. Seems like you, seems like you have something in mind. Go ahead. No, no, I didn't have a speech prepared. I just thought we might end by saying like, have a great Christmas. <laughs>